How are designers like us supposed to know where to begin every project? What questions to ask, selecting materials, how to spec processes, how to be sustainable? If you're asking these questions, this show's the answer. All right, packaging peeps, I've got a special message from our sponsor, idpdirect.com. If you want a more transparent supply chain and color consistency across your entire retail packaging program, check out idpdirect.com. Not only do they make some of the most beautiful luxury retail packaging around the world, they're factory direct, meaning you speak directly with a factory making your packaging, not a middleman. Check out idpdirect.com and schedule a consultation anywhere in the world near you. idpdirect.com. Hey, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate you hopping on. Uh, my name is Velio Matos, your host with Packaging Podcast. Now, today we're going to talk about structural development. Structural packaging is the tool that all designers have that very rarely gets used in packaging. We're seeing it a lot more today than we have in the past, but still it's not enough. So as an example that I give is if you were to go to uh, say CVS or Walgreens, whatever, go stand in the toothpaste aisle. All of those boxes are essentially the same shape. They're exactly the same shape. The only thing that differentiates them, the graphics, you know, some are covered in foil, some are just uh, have different processes, embossings, all these crazy graphics that are happening on there to compete. Now, when you're looking down the aisle, the way that the light reflects off the packaging and into your eye really makes it difficult to tell apart what it is that you're looking at other than color. For example, in, in CVS's and in Walgreens, they've got some higher end toothpastes. And those are the ones that stand out, right? There's some new whitening toothpaste, a bunch of different stuff that, that they do to your teeth. But those, for whatever reason, they've singled those out as their premium products and they've put those in like vertical boxes or they've got windows cut out of them or they've got different angles happening on those. And you compare those looking down the aisle to the wall of standard packaging, those stand out, those catch your eye. So that's what we want to do with structure. We want to use it to stop the consumer, break up the monotony that's happening on shelf and give them a reason to reach out and grab it. The reason I use looking down the aisle as an example is when you're shopping, you don't walk down the aisle, turn your body perpendicular to the shelf and stare at the shelf and look at it that way. You look down the aisle. So you're at a, you're at varying angles from the front of the pack. So you're not, you're never seeing the full front of the pack until you've actually arrived to it. If you can break up the shelf, that wall of sameness with structure and break the light up differently, uh, reflect the light differently, you're going to catch somebody's eye. Now, once you've caught their eye, you've got to deliver on the graphics. You know, that's, that's a no brainer. But the first thing that we've got to do is stop them. So structure can do that. And if you're not deploying it, it's something we want to definitely do. The way that I begin on developing packaging structures is obviously once you figure out what the product is, how the product's going to fit in there, um, you know, what makes sense for the brand. But if let's say we've got everything figured out, process for designing structure for me begins with sketching. You know, I sketch out broad strokes. Um, I always say don't zero in on your first concept because it's probably not that good. You want to crank out as many concepts in sketch as possible. And that might be 10 for you. It might be 20 for you. It might be 30 for you. Whatever that is, you want to crank out as many structural concepts as you want. I typically don't put any graphics on there. I don't play show where logos are going to go. You know, these are really rough. And the reason I want to go really rough is I want that momentum to pick up. You know, the faster I sketch, the faster the ideas come, the faster I can get that concept out of my head and onto paper, then I can move on to the next one. And what you, what you'll see is once you've got like four or five of these concepts laid out, you can start cannibalizing them, taking elements of option one and applying it over to like option three, for example, 
And as you're combining those pieces, maybe there's a hinge on one, maybe there's a locking feature on another, you start coming up with new ideas altogether. And before you know it, when you're at like option 20, it's completely different. It's evolved into something completely new that you haven't, that you wouldn't have expected to come out at the very beginning. Depending on where you're at, you know, if it's a, if we're talking CPG or if we're talking luxury packaging, both of those are complete opposite sides of the spectrum. And what you want to do is we want to make sure that we're managing budgets. So whatever those structures are, we've got to figure out that how to create those in a really simple to assemble manner. You know, typically it's going to be something that needs to be automated. So even at that early stage where you've got those concepts, talk to the manufacturers and say, hey, this is kind of the direction I'm looking at. What kind of equipment do you have? How can we achieve this? Or, you know, what's as close as we can get to this as possible? They're going to give you some feedback. They're going to tell you what's possible, what's not possible. Typically when they say no, that that's completely impossible, it just means it's partially impossible, right? They don't want to reconfigure their equipment to run a job. But if you can get you know, 90% of the way to your concept, then you're golden. And that's what you want to do. You just want to, you just want to push them a little bit more than um, taking the first no. Uh, let's see what, let's see how close we can get. Can you get an angle here? Can we maybe reduce the angle? Is there a glue flap that we can create to, to accommodate this structure? And just pushing the manufacturer. A lot of times manufacturers want to get pushed because they're also in the monotony of making the same box styles constantly. They want to see if they can push themselves. And it's, you know, and it's fun for everybody. Now, if you're on the luxury side of packaging, then it's a lot less focused on automation and more on you know, how can we combine some of the automated processes in manufacturing with some handwork? And the reason that that's available is just in luxury packaging, you have a little bit more, more of a budget and you want to differentiate a little bit more. So you want to create uh, more of a crafted pack. Uh, so in that case, you have a little bit more flexibility. You can add a couple more hinges. You can add a couple more tabs, you know, those types of things, as long as it makes sense for the brand. Uh, but don't just stop with a standard top, top box or a standard rigid uh, folding box. You, know, you want to create something completely new. That's the way to do it. Just push your manufacturer. From a sketch phase and working with the manufacturer, what we typically do is then we'll go into rapid prototype, right? And this is either I'll knock one out by hand where I'm just tearing some paper, gluing it together, getting a general shape and size before I even get to the point where I, I bust out some cardstock and cut it with, with an exacto and measure it all out. I want to make sure that that concept even makes sense by just tearing it, folding it and taping it and, and getting something physical. I want to find you that before I get too far down the road. Um, so just working in those paper prototypes, we want to keep it really quick, down and dirty. From that rapid prototype, you can take your measurements, you can then lay it all out on paper, transition that over to Illustrator, um, or if you're working in CAD, you know, lay out those die lines in some type of vector program where you can then output it to a cutting machine, whether you're cutting it on a small Cricut machine or you're cutting it on a big Consberg machine, or maybe you're just printing it out and cutting it by hand. It doesn't matter. All of it works. Um, and that's going to get you to your working model, right? Something that's actually going to function, feel like almost the real thing. Um, it's something that you can tell that it's built in-house, but still works for um, making sure the product fits, making sure the functionality is there. And it also works for identifying the different areas where you can add graphics to what makes sense, uh, where's your primary, secondary, you know, all the different levels of uh, communication that happen on a pack. The other thing too is I'll take that prototype where this working model and I'll photograph it. And I'm going to photograph it under different types of lighting conditions just to see what it's going to look like if, I, if that packaging was online or what's it going to look like in store. Because um, I might not be catching as much light as I, as I prefer, or the angle might not be sharp enough to cast enough shadows. You know, whatever that is, it's just going to give me a good idea to, to make any adjustments at that stage. Then I'm going to take all those results. I'm going to combine them into a final structural sample. Uh, at that point, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work with the manufacturer and have them cut out a physical sample. And this is something that's going to be done with 
final materials on pretty close to final equipment. Um, but I'm going to make sure that they have that hand cut sample on hand so that they can reference it throughout the process. And then at that stage, once you've got that final sample, that's what you hand over to the client. That's what you hand over to the agency. That's what you hand over to the design team. Um, and if you're the one doing the graphics, then you're ready to rock because you've got a final die line. All right, guys, that's it for today. Thanks so much. Make sure you're using uh, structural packaging in your packaging design. Don't just rely on graphics and processes. If you've got any questions on structural design, please reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any questions, or you can also look at any one of my books, Packaging and Die Lines. You can find those on thedialine.com. Uh, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Uh, I really appreciate it. And we'll talk soon, guys. Thanks for joining us on the show. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the Packaging Podcast. That way, you can get an insightful podcast every day. The Packaging Podcast is hosted by me, Avelio Matos. If you enjoyed the show, pay it forward by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. It'll help grow the show and support our growing audience. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk soon.